Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show that's with gratitude, just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who supports anything we have going on. Special shout out to all the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. And I definitely got some news coming up a little bit about the ownership camp. Um, I'm joined by my partner in Crown, Corey, as always. Corey, what's up with you, good brother? What's popping, y'all? You know, every day above ground is a good day. Let's get it going. Absolutely, man. You know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who look just like us, who are out there doing amazing work. And this episode is, is, is no different. We got our brother in the building with us. This is a brother who's doing positive work in the community out there in Pleasantville, New Jersey. He owns a barbershop. Um, he's also trading now. He is a member of our mastermind, our MDC mastermind. Um, and we want to make sure we highlight this brother. Also, before I bring him on, I got to let you know that he's also sponsoring a community event that we got coming up this upcoming Sunday. So this episode is dropping uh, Wednesday, 420. Um, you know, so as you enjoy your 420, doing whatever you do on 420, make sure you listen to this episode and understand that this Sunday is when we have the event. But without further ado, man, I got my brother CJ on. CJ, what's up, good brother? What's good? Good. How you, man? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. Yeah, out. man. You know, listen, listen to CJ, man. Try to sound sexy on a on the pod, like yo. So, <laughs> pause, pause that. But yo, man. <laughs> no, this this is our guy right here, man. We like to have fun. But um, so CJ, man, tell us about your journey. Let's start with the beginning. Where are you originally from? Where were you born and raised? I was born in California, Merced, California, and. I was raised in Pleasantville, between uh, Pleasantville and Atlantic City. So I'm from South Jersey, you know, okay. California. What, what part of California you say? Um, I was born in Merced. My, my family's from Merced, Atwater. My mom right now is in San Diego. So I got family all up and down California. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what's nice. Saying. But you were yeah. raised in, uh, you know, you said South Jersey, right? Yeah, I was raised in South Jersey. Yeah. All right. So, what was it like coming up in South Jersey? Like, what kind of student were you? What kind of trouble did you get into? Like, how how was it coming up in Jersey? I actually got in no trouble. Like, I'm I'm a square. You know, I'm, I'm you like, like Russell uh, Wilson. I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, by the way. I'm joking. <laughs> nah, nah. Wait, nah. Like, I'm I'm a regular dude, man. I went to um, I went to Catholic school, and um, ironically, I, I learned about Islam in Catholic school. So, um. I became Muslim right out of high school. I went to Pleasantville High School, and uh, I got involved in barbering. I actually, I actually started my investing career the same year that I started cutting hair. So that was in 1994, the year uh, Illmatic came out, and so um, that's when I first got introduced to the markets and to cutting hair. All right, here's a, here's a story I need on. Like, how do you get introduced to Islam in a Catholic school? That's the story I gotta hear. Like, I've never heard every, that. One every every Catholic school makes you go through uh makes you go through all the other religions. Because I went to yeah, I yeah you, all, you gotta okay, learn all right. 
Didn't know that. Yeah. Never been to, never been to yeah. Catholic school. Had no idea. Yeah, it, 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 it's actually um like I went to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way up to sixth grade, sixth and seventh grade. So probably in the fifth grade, like every year we got a grade on religion. Okay. Um, so one one I think in fifth grade we had to do we started covering like Buddhism and Islam. And at the time I was, you know, this is like nineteen eighty eight. So, you know, Big Daddy Kane's out and Grand Pooba and, you know, and and Rakim. So I was heavily watching that stuff. And then every all of them were Muslim. They weren't at the time I didn't know the difference between a five percent nation and mm -hmm. you know, real Islam and stuff. But um that was my first introduction. And then when, when they started grading us on on islam we we actually learned the whole story of prophet muhammad in um in catholic school only difference was my teacher told us that it was incorrect and his story was so similar to jesus i couldn't fathom how that could be incorrect i'm like how is this so that's what led me to start researching more and i didn't fully become muslim probably until like i said i was in just getting out of high school, but that's what started my journey. So that's interesting. I, mean, I didn't know that. Cole. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. that's something that you know they do in Catholic school. I know. Yeah, I my son went to Catholic school the first just uh, up until he was in first grade, and then I went to a Catholic college. So okay. we, mm -hmm. when you take religion, they make you study all the religions. You don't just study Catholicism. Okay, interesting, interesting. So let me ask you this question. Um, you know, it's been a long time for you at this point. Uh, but how has, um you know, becoming, um, you know, practicing Islam, how has that changed your life? Oh, I mean, that's, that's the, they give you a whole purpose for life. You know what I mean? I, it's not, not about being um, perfect or anything, but just gives you balance. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So you, for me, it's, you know, I, I don't like to preach to people or nothing, but it does give me purpose and understanding of why I'm here and what my goal is. So everything in my life, as much as I play around and talk nigga shit and all that, like everything I do is focused around this thing. Like, so my whole schedule is built around my, my prayers, you know, fasting, like everything is, is centered around Dean. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and everything that I do always, I'm always look out for black people and specifically black Muslims first. So even, even like, like with the, with the event we're doing, like a lot of the people I'm reaching out to, to, to come through we are in the Muslim community, the black Muslim community in particular. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this question in terms of like, you know, we talked about you owning a barbershop at this point. Um, talk about your journey into barbering. What was it that made you get into barbering? How that whole thing start um, as you were, cause you said you started right after high school, right? No, I started in high school. I was in the ninth grade actually. And um, oh, you started cutting hair in, in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually didn't have any, um, I didn't have any passion or interest in cutting hair. And to be honest with you, I still don't. Um, it's just a. Uh, oh, 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 oh. So you've been cutting hair how many years? This is my 26th year. And you own your own shop, right? Mm hmm. And you say you have no passion to do it? None at all. <laughs> I'm just good at it. You know what I mean? It's something I learned how to do. Okay. I mean, listen, whatever pay the bills, you can't, you can't, uh, like people, people that if I showed you my hair under here, like it ain't combed at all. Like I don't, I don't have like, like, I don't see people and say, like, Oh, you know, 
oh, that's, I mean, I might look and say, that's a great haircut, but I don't be seeing people here and thinking like, oh, that's what I would do to that. Like, I don't, it's, it wasn't like that. I, I literally, I started off as a DJ. I used to DJ and I used to make beats. And that that's what I was passionate about in 1994. So I literally walked to the barbershop and I was getting my hair cut at all the time. It was uh, uh, International Unisex. It was a guy named Mr. Miller. He would give literally anybody a job. And he um he actually owned three barbershops. He was probably the first person in probably all of New Jersey that ever owned multiple barbershops. And so I was inspired by that. And mm-hmm. um, but but I literally only went to the barbershop to get a job sweeping the floor so I could have money to buy records back then. So, you know, I, I would go crate digging and I mean I used to cut school and go. I would take the, the 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 New Jersey Transit up to Philly, and I would go to Sound of Market and and Funko Warren and <laughs> Funko Mart or whatever. I, I would just literally go up there, go record shopping, get back on the bus, come home, and I'll go to go there. And that that's how I funded my little DJ career back then. And so um, I used to sell mixtapes and do parties and all that. And uh, I actually did get very very close. I had a production deal on the table. Um, when I got out of high school, I had, I had did a lot of production work for a few artists, like a lot, most of the local artists around here I was going to work for. And um, what happened, my best friend and everybody that was in my group, all of them niggas went to jail. So <laughs> they, once they went to jail and my uh, my kid was born, that's when I kind of settled in like, oh, you got you to gotta stick with cutting hair. But cutting hair was literally, I just learned because I was in the barbershop sweeping the floor. Like I wasn't really interested in it like that, but anytime I get involved in anything, I'm gonna try my best to be the actual best at it. So from there, like I went to um, I went to cosmetology school in high school. So once I graduated um, from high school, I actually had my cosmetology license. I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. So I did that. Then. I mean, I cut hair out like back then. My goal was like, yo, be the best barber in Pleasantville. And then mm-hmm. I did that. Then I was the best barber in South Jersey. Then, you know, just, yeah, back but when you were a kid, your goal is like, yeah. I want everybody in the shop waiting for me. So like, that so was you, the goal. So you putting on a record <laughs> that you are the best barber in South Jersey. Is that what you're saying? No, nah, I'm not saying that now. I'm saying that I've been oh, there. You say you've been there. I've been that, like, you know, you know how now I say King of New York, I've been that. I've been that, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Click clack, where you and your men's at? I got you, I got you. Yeah, that was the goal then, was like to have the whole shop lined up, like everybody. I didn't that plenty, that ain't even a goal no more. So now, like it went from that, then I, I moved on to another barbershop. Like my mentor, he had opened up a shop. And I was there with him and um I managed his shop. Like he literally kind of let it fall apart at one point. And um I brought it back, you know, I got the whole thing cooking. Like so that's that was not my introduction to business. Like I said, I got introduced to business and investing when I was 14, but I like I was trained by like by older brothers that like like in the community to actually like I I, I had Somebody kicking it to me to, about the stock market since 14, 15 years old. You know, we 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 did it. We started an investment club in Atlantic City in um that was 2001. From so from 2001 to like probably 
2010, we had the investment club going, you know, and um, um, I actually got, uh, I started selling real estate in 2002. So from 2002 to 2008, I was involved in, um, you know, the real estate market. I, when I bought my first house, I went and um, at the time my, uh, my realtor was pregnant and she couldn't get around and do that. So I was doing a lot of work for her. So when I was helping her with, with, with the process, she told me, she said, why don't you go over and get your, your real estate license? So I said, all right, well, let me go do that. And I did that and I, I started investing in properties and, you know, having a license just saved me on the commission. So I kind of got out of the real estate game mm-hmm. in 2009. Like once the market tanked, I didn't really know what to do. So I just gave it all up. And then mm-hmm. that's when I opened up the barbershop. So um, I didn't really have a goal to open up a barbershop, but it kind of, the shop I was in before then, it kind of fell apart. And I just told myself, I don't want to be in that position again where, where I have to um, rely on somebody else. So I took the whole, the whole team that was with me at that shop. It just came over with me to the place I'm at now. I've been there now for 12 years. So nice. Nice. Um, so um let's talk about i'm gonna gonna get back to your uh stock investing too but i'm gonna ask you this question Mm -hmm. about owning a barbershop and running a barbershop like you know everybody thinks it's fun and game everybody says i'd love to own a barbershop because they think about it as just being like you know i guess like a hangout and they can have fun and make money but what are some of the stresses or some of the things that people don't know about being responsible like being the the, the head honcho you're responsible for all the bills and to make sure things run like what is that like um, I mean, you, you always got to, you, you, you're forever learning, you know? And so the, the, the most important part of being quote unquote, the boss is not being the boss, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, if you, the thing with management for me, I don't poke my chest out. And like a lot of people know that I own the shop just because they know, but I don't go around telling people I own the shop. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? Even in the shop, I'm one of the barbers. So I treat everybody equally. And it, it, it's one of them things back in the day. I've seen a lot of people that come into the game and especially people that don't, that weren't barbers. They come in and, or, you know, I've, I've seen like hustlers and street niggas, they come in and, y'all want to buy a shop. Why don't you come work in my shop? There's never no incentive for you to work in somebody else's shop, especially mm-hmm. if you're not a barber. You know what I mean? So, what, what I've always done, I just looked at all the mistakes that every other shop that I worked at, what they did, and I said, I'm not doing that. So mm-hmm. um, it, it and, and it's one of them things you kind of got to keep changing with it. Like, so my shop always is, is constantly, constantly changing. Like I've redecorated a million times. I've changed the layout hundreds of times. I've, I mean, I started with five people out of the five people I started with, that's why the, the shop is called Starting Five. I've, I've still got the same, pretty much three or four of the same people. Like, I don't really change too much. Like, there's different ways to run shops. Like, as you know, you probably know everybody does uh, booth rent. You know, yeah. to be honest with you, that's not what's preferred to do. Like, that's not even what's recommended. But in the world we live in, it's hard to keep staff. So like the, the easiest way to keep them and to keep a good, you know, set of barbers is to give them their money, like not rape them. So most places what they want to do is work by commission. So my, my style is, is as the manager is not to 
forget that I'm also a barber. So I try to treat the people that work with me in the same manner that I wanted to be treated when I was working in somebody else's shop. And so one of those things, I never say my shop. Like literally, you'll never hear the word mine or, you know, what you doing with my shit. I don't, I don't do none of that. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. This is all us, we, everybody in my shop has a key. Like, every, like, and that's one of my rules. Like, if I hire you, if I can't give you a key, I can't hire you. Because there's nothing in you to steal. You know what I mean? So everybody has access to the to the to the TV. They, you know, I don't I don't come in there. I mean, they might lie and, and if they was on here, they might try to play me like, but I don't I don't come in here and just turn the TV to something different. I don't play around with the music. I just respect everybody the same way I would want to be respected. So it's gotcha. more like, you know, we 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 share an apartment. But I, I have a friend of mine that um a good friend of mine, he he's got like um he owns about five or six barbershops and um, mm -hmm. all of his, well, he, he just started putting them in, in Walmarts. So he, he's more, mm. he's trying to do like, the, um, kind of like the urban feel of supercuts and gotcha. yeah. working pretty well for him. But the, the only problem with those style barbershops is the, the turnover rate is very high. And that's the, that's the main problem in it. So it's more, what kind of style barbershop do you want? Do you want mm -hmm. the the high frequency type or do you want to be more of a grooming lounge? So for me, I do kind of the kind of like a, a mix of both. You know, okay. and then on top of that, I, I have a salon um upstairs. I have a stylist that works next to me, and I have a whole other salon, like a natural hair salon upstairs. So, you know, it's just one of the things you gotta constantly change with because people are always, you know, they 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 always want to have their own, like, and I don't know what it is in the bar. It's a, it's an ego thing, really. Mm -hmm. But it's like you you hire someone, and they could be doing well. They could be doing really. They could be making a hundred thousand a year mm -hmm. right out of your shop. And then their their thing is, I gotta have my own shop. And now you you run off and get your own place, and now you're paying all the bills. You're not making that hundred thousand no more. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah that, 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 that that's the kicker, you know. Yeah, understood. Understood. It's about being strategic, like with anything else. Um, yeah. So that's so that's interesting, right? Because I had a barber, a legendary barber in Philadelphia, tell me one time, like, and it's funny because when you said that, I have no passion for it, but I'm just good at it. But one of the things he told me is, he says, "I'm a businessman. I'm not a barber." And I used to say, "What do you mean?" And he would he would say, "See that vending machine? That's mine. I'm selling these brushes. I'm selling these oils. You know, and I'm cutting okay. hair. And you know, so so." He's, what he was basically breaking down to me is it's a mind state, and Yo, you know, um, every my, so yeah, my I had the same experience with my barber. He he owned the shop, and the thing that he said is that he got you know he was like a Frank White. He was like you know <laughs> for nickel diamonds <laughs> for nickel bag and sold in the park. He got a little piece, and but the thing is, he only got a little piece. He wasn't murdering. The people with the chair rent. Like mm -hmm. I think his yeah. chair rent was his chair rent was the same. He was I went to that barbershop for 20 years and I don't think he ever changed the chair rent. He didn't raise it. He didn't do yeah. any of that. But he had yeah. out of that shop, he had four out of the five barbers. It was only one rotating barber. Like it was always one chair that it was some new dude. But <laughs> but four out of the five chairs in the in the shop was the same people. So you, you know. Yeah, and, so, and, and what, yeah, one, 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 one thing I can say for me that helped me a lot, I, I don't know, I don't know which barbers y'all talking about, but when 
when Instagram first came out, um, I didn't know how to use Instagram at all. Like I, I was using Instagram like I was using Facebook and just posting food and pictures of my kids playing around memes. Yeah. And the crazy thing is um somebody introduced me, you know Fahim from South South Philly. Fah- I know you tell me. Uh, yeah, so yep. One of my friends down here, he, you know, he was traveling up there to get to get his hair cut. And so he, he told me, he said, yo, I want to introduce you to my man. And I, I'll be honest with you, in the barber industry, the um, we're highly competitive. And we, like, this, it's crazy. So the nigga in me was like, man, I ain't talking to that nigga. I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> when um, he told me, he said, nah, I think he's a good brother. He must him, like, you know, talk to him, man. Alhamdulillah, I'm glad that I did because Fahim taught me, he he literally taught me how to elevate my game. And so, like, I had no social media presence as far as a barber back then. This is in 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, at first I used to go to, I have clients to drive down from Philly. So I made friends with Fahim and um, I used to go, like, on Sundays, I would go up to South Philly and I would just, you know, cut my people that was from up there. And, I, you know, I would just go and work the whole day. And but he don't want to talk me how to use social media correctly because I didn't know I didn't know how to post. I didn't know how to hashtag anything. And so soon as I just I had to really humble myself and listen to the brother. And he he really helped me a lot. He helped me brand my, 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 my situation. And um, my follower count went right up. So now a lot of the things that I do now, like I know on social media, a lot of people see me. Um, Cutting a lot of lot of women, and I mean I've always cut women. I can cut any women, children, white people. Mm-hmm. I don't, it don't matter. I cut anything. Long hair, short hair. But once I saw on social media that that was a thing for women, it's like a niche market. It was literally nothing for me to say. All right, well, you know what? I need to hone in on that market because yeah. everybody else is doing bald heads and big beards and you know and, and, and <laughs> face moves and all that. Like that's let them do all that. I'll do this. And if 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 tomorrow if the hype turns to children or something, I'll do children. If turn to white boys, I'll do white kids. It don't, it don't matter to me. Like it's just business. But I say that to say that's the most important part of this business is being able to be humble and learn from other barbers. So like I don't do that trying to be competitive with everybody and I ain't hating. Like I'm, I'm friends with all the barber shops around here. One one thing that I did do, um, uh, I co I, I'm a co partner in um, a barber supply business as well. So my friend, uh, shout out to my boy uh, Rob, he uh, started Universal Barber uh, uh, companies. So we 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 started doing hair shows first, and then we moved on to barber supplies. And the best part of the barber supply business was I, I literally, you know, how you, ever, you ever been to a barber shop and you see the little Chinese guy come in? Absolutely. Well, that's what we do. And it's just black on. And okay. the best part about that was I got to, I don't do it anymore. I don't go shop to shop. But when I was, I did that for about three or four years where I went to shop to shop selling barber supplies, but it helped me network with other barbers. I can literally see what my competition is doing and what they aren't doing. And mm-hmm. I just, that to my business. So not only would I get a piece of the money from the sales, also can can get insight into what everyone everyone else is doing in their businesses. So it, 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 it it's it's just about every part of the barber industry I've I've been involved with. I've owned 
I've taught, I've I worked at the hair school. Um, like I said, I did the barber supply. I've done, um, we, we used to have a hustle we would run where we would go to, um, I would go down to the hair shows and we would do a free class. And then after, from the free class, we would just take signups for advanced education. And I mean, we would go, all right, you, you want to meet us outside? We're, we're going to do another program back home in Jersey. And we had people flying up $600 a pop just to learn how to cut hair. You know, mm. so it, it, it's it's a lot of money in this business. It's very lucrative. Um, uh, originally, when I got on YouTube, my YouTube page, that's, I was trying to do that. But then everybody's mother does the um, the haircut tutorial thing. So um, I figured, like, all right, well, nobody does all the shop talk. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I just turned the camera on. We just, all right, barber, barbershop conversations. And it's been... Pretty decent, you know what I mean? That's I don't know money, really, but you know. No, that's that dope because support. because branding is a huge part of that, and the Instagram. Yeah, it like, is. Instagram is made for barbering. Like even the brother you talked about, I don't know him personally, but I know who he is because of his IG. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. <laughs> his IG to the point where I know who you're talking about, but I don't know him personally. Yeah. Um, and shout out to the brother yeah. Fahim, but um, that's interesting because listening to you tell this story, right? And it, the funniest thing about the story to me, and it's the one thing I didn't know, me and you talk almost every day in our groups and whatnot, but I had no idea that like you have no passion for this. That's funny. That's that's hilarious to me considering your success and also- All business. <laughs> and, and considering your success and also the fact that you've been in every part of this business and also listening to you tell the story, it made me realize like, it just, it just clicked to me. I'm like, well- Running a barbershop is is you're getting a little bit of every part of business, right? So mm-hmm. I, I went to I went to business school. So in business school, you learn marketing, you learn management, you learn finance. These are all different courses within the business school. You're dealing with all of that. You, what you just talked it. about is branding and marketing, right? You talked about sales, you talked about management. Like you are pretty much in your own and, version and, of and, business and not just money management experiential management like absolutely. management of, of people so absolutely. not just the money management piece hr he's dealing he's dealing with yeah. hr like he's dealing with yeah, all, he's dealing, he's doing all of it every yeah. aspect of business you kind of touched on and telling the story like even the sales part right um the marketing part right the branding part when you figured out the little niche market that you can focus on um yeah so that's interesting and, and again i still think it's hilarious even having that conversation that you like Yo, I don't even like this real for like, you know. Uh, you know I, mean? like, I want to be a DJ. I want to spend. Yo, you sound, you sound like one of the rappers that's real nice and be like, yo, this ain't even what I do. I'm not even a rapper. Like, I'm not a rapper. Now, like, I mean, it, <laughs> you, you, you know, I don't need it to sound like arrogant or nothing, but it, it's I really don't. It's it's one of them things where like, like you literally like like you can be taught to do this. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I for me, I'm proof of it because I don't I don't think I have natural talent. Like when I was coming up. One of the brothers that, 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 that helped me, God bless his dad, uh, his name was T-Rick, right? And he was like the nicest barber around here. Like he, he was, and he was a young boy. He was around the same age. He was 15, I was 14. And he, he, he seemed like he just had a natural gift. And he told me, he said, yo, I can teach you how to do this. And so the deal with me, he said, yo, show me how to DJ. I'll show you how to cut hair. I said, all right. So we started, he started practicing. And then it took one barber, it was it was it's my boy now, but it was an older brother named Bernard, and I was on the bus with him, and I had bought my first pair of clippers, and I was showing him the clippers on the bus. He was like, "Yeah, man, these these are these are good, man. You know, you gonna you gonna do good." And when we got off that bus at the barbershop, he was like the the the, the clown of the shop. 
he was like, oh, man, we got the floor sweeper trying to cut hair. And I was sitting there, I was like, this motherfucker, bro, like, you, you really was just, you know, giving me props on the bus. And now you're trying to show off on me. And I, that was the day I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to show you I'm going to be better than you one day. And mm-hmm. so that's what that was my motivation that really made me go hard and do it. So anything that I learned, if I take it up, I'm going to try my best to go and be the best at it, like the absolute yeah. best. But that's dope. Um, it doesn't come off as arrogance. That's just it's just funny to me. Like, cause of course yeah. I'm telling your mom to be the rappers. He like, yo, I don't, I'm not I'm, even I'm, a barber. I was I'm the nice nicest for no in South Jersey, and it's not even what I do. Like, yo, he sound like me, cause I'm like, man, I'm a, I'm really a ball player, but I'm just you know what I mean. Like, I'm a I'm an yeah. artist. Like the thing, if you know anything about mm. me, I'm real. I'm I'm super artsy. You wouldn't get that from yeah. anything that you hear come out my mouth. But I'm super artsy. Like no, I used Corey, to. Corey think he the best at anything he do. So it don't matter whether we talking ball. Like Corey can tell you he the greatest artist ever lived. That's how you gotta be. That's that's how you gotta be. It's, it it all starts with confidence. Listen, it all starts never, with confidence. Corey never I, I will, you, 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 you're going anything. to have to beat me. I'm not going to beat me. You're going to have to beat me. You're going to have to show that. me you're better than me. You're that's never going to get me to beat myself. Yeah, I heard that. CJ. Let me let me uh-huh. go back to this though. I want to go back to this because you said that the same time that you got into the whole barbering thing, although you know it wasn't your mm-hmm. focus, but you got into it, you learned about investing. Who was it that like really schooled you to what investing was and turned you on to investing? Yeah, so so it was another barber. Um, matter of fact, is my 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 best friend's father. His name is Daryl Scott, and um, we we called him Stockmaster. Like he's he's when I say he's one of the funniest dudes you ever meet he, he's one of them guys that's funny without trying to be funny mm-hmm. like when we was kids we would be we'd be so annoyed by him talking about the stock market all day long every day he, t- he had cnbc on in the, in the shop and i mean it was the most annoying thing ever and so but i listened to him so like when he, he was telling me like yo buy this buy that you know he, he was a buy and hold investor. he didn't really mm-hmm. trade you know do any day trading like that but um, he's the one that taught me how, like, I'm, I was young. He would teach me how to do, how to manage my money. And um, I mean, I, I used to go in a barbershop back then. We were open from 6 a.m. to like 10 o'clock at night. So he used to have me like, look, man, you see all these other barbers, they come in at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. You need to be here at 6, come in at 6, 7 or more. So I would come at 6. And every day from 6 to 12 o'clock, he was like, yo, as soon as you make your first hundred dollars, he, he would take me to, to the bank and I and deposit the money right in the bank. And that's how I learned how to structure myself. Because a lot of barbers, you know, they don't be having money. They don't make money, but they don't ever have no money, never have no credit, mm-hmm. no, no, no proof of income, nothing. So he, he taught me all those things and he taught me how to invest. So back then, we were doing things like um like the drip program and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it, it was a lot. A lot more uh cost a lot more to actually get into the market back then. I think Man, it was like ten uh trades back then. So um now I, I shout out to him, but it, the only thing I didn't learn like I didn't have a discipline for the market then. So what 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 happened, I remember he saw me using um I was probably one of the first barbers around here that was using Square payment system when it first came mm-hmm. out. So when they went public, I think that was in twenty twelve. He, he had said to me one day, he said, yo, you, you see that little thing you be using, man? They just went public, man. You should buy that stock. And I was like, I said, all right. So I think I, it came out $8. Um, I think I bought it in the square when it was like 18. 
and I held it until it got to like it got around ninety some dollars or so, and I sold it, and then I was kicking myself later. <laughs> so yeah, what with how I ended up getting back reintroduced to the markets, like folks, I I always would just buy like index funds and stuff and just just do that. But probably in 2019, I had an event in the barbershop, very similar to what we about to do on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, and um, the reason I had it, because same thing, a lot of people used to come in the shop talking about investing and stuff. So I said, look, and all I knew was buying hope. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, at this event, and, you know, I'm advising people out here, um, you know, to, 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 to talk investing. So what happened one of the brothers that he was a former client of mine and he trades and I, you know, I used to always warn people against trading. So I mm-hmm. said, I nah, don't, 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 don't touch trade. But he, he came and he talked about trading. And so he made a recommendation to me. He said, yo, I can teach you how to trade. And I was like, I don't think I want to do that, man. Like niggas be blowing their money. Like I, I had a client of mine. He, um, he used to own a radio station down here. Um, the touch he he owned like four radio stations here and after he sold his stations and he retired he got heavy in the day trading real bad and the stress of it killed him like he was a normally healthy dude and he died from that and so i was always like well now i'm doing trader man they think you know i'm gonna die <laughs> so, so what happened, <laughs> the african brother he um my shout out my man dennis he told me he said yo want go up to um uh, uh, what is that in King of Prussia, an uh, online trading academy? He said, I took yeah. a class there. Man, I went there, I was all excited to go, and they started running back these numbers 20,000, 30. I said, I'm not, no way in the world, I'm paying no 30,000 dollars to do this. So, what happened? I went online and I started, um, just researching and stuff. And so, one day I'm in the shop and I'm cutting Jasmine's hair, and so I saw her on, might have been Robin Hood or something, something she was buying. And I asked her, I said, I said, what, 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 what you into? And she said, oh, no, nah, you know, um, I, I trade options. So I was like, really? I said, I just, I took this class about it and um, I'm trying to learn, but I don't really trust none of these people because they, they talk of these astronomical numbers. So he told me, she said, well, you know, Leslie, that's that's what she, she the one taught me. And she rolling. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So I hadn't seen Leslie in years. Me and Leslie used to work together in um, the uh, Youth Advocate Program. Okay. Um, that was a little side hustle I was doing. So I reached out to Leslie and then she turned me on everything like like it was nothing. And so that's what reinvigorated me into um into the to the, the financial literacy thing. And ever since then, I'm my my journey as a trader, like you know, I'll be winning and I'll be losing. But the way I look at this is it took me I want to say five years before I was a good barber, right? So mm-hmm. Um, like, and I was good. Like, I thought I was nice, but I wasn't nice, nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, mm-hmm. like, I could get them out the door. You know, once I got to my 10th year, I thought I was nice. But then when I got to 15 years, I look back on my 10th year and like, now nah, you was nothing. And so now, at 25 years in, I look back on 15 and 17 like I'm way better than like you just consistently get better. Get better over so, time. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I approach trading, some people they look at it and they say, look, well, I'm YouTube reckless, but I'm only in my second, I probably I'm two and a half years in trading now. So the way I look at it, like fuck it, like I'm I'm I got another 22 years 
to do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. how how good am I going to be in 10 years or 20 years? So the the even though trading does stress me out a little bit sometimes, mm-hmm. but my ultimate goal is to be a master investor. Like so the trading is for my investing purposes. Like I'm trying to do this as a second income. And I want to be nice at this, like I'm in barbering. So this is literally my retirement plan. Like I don't think I'm ever going to be in a position where like I don't have like I mean I got a 401k and 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 IRA and all that stuff, but I don't have like a pension coming or you know no, so when I, when I do, yeah when when I fall back and retire I, it's my investments I want to take care of me and my ability to trade you know so yeah that that's the long term. No, that's a dope story, and I, I want to like send a special shout out to Jazz as well as um like Leslie, like you know those are good yeah. sisters, and uh you know we build with them as well um and they do Absolutely. phenomenal work, and that's dope how they 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 got you because I've seen you trade and and you, you know you're pretty good. I didn't realize that you know when I you, you told me this recently <laughs> that you've only been doing it two and a half years. I'm like wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, I mean you know you do got some of the you, you got to calm down some of your YOLO spirit, like you got a little bit of that YOLO spirit, like yo I'm going in like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, but but no, but no, but you're you're really good at it already. Um, but you said something earlier about you said anything that you start doing, you go all in, right? So I'm assuming yeah. it's kind of the same way with trading. You probably read the books, you watched all the videos, you probably like you know went through that whole process, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm still buying classes. Like st- like I bought a class on Saturday. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean, and and and. and I got I bought a class on um on option spreads and and you know all that just because I want to learn like you know so on, on one hand like I don't like taking L's but I don't mind taking L's you know what I'm saying because like like it's a lesson man and and you know the the the, the thing I like about trading the most is 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 what you learn about yourself you know what I mean like mm-hmm. so I don't look at myself as a greedy person but I like to be right and I'm trying to overcome that. You know what I mean? So like like I, I pulled a trade yesterday and like I look at the ATR and I, I know where it's supposed to go and where it should go by what time. And like my charting got way better. I, yeah. I, I was one of them people I don't want to do charts at all. And now taking L's made me learn charts. So then now that I'm all in the chart in the way I am, I be want that shit to be right so bad sometimes that like I'll be taking an L because I'm like, I could have got out and took that profit, but and so learning how to control my emotions that way that also reflects on going back to the beginning. That reflects on my Islam, you know what I mean? Because okay. you know, the, the the it's three sciences that Islam. So you have belief, then you have the law, and you also have what's called Islam, which is purification, right? So okay. purification is so you learning how to. You know, um, it says um, worshiping, practicing as if you know God, even like you know someone that God is watching you, even when you're not thinking about it. You know what I mean, okay. so that that's how you learn how to control your emotions and your greed and your impulses and stuff. And that's all the things that I'm learning in trading. So we all everything kind of coincides together, and that that's what I really love about it. It's not. It ain't just the money, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like and some people tell me, like, well, why don't you do the paper trading and stuff? But I don't, you don't get no emotion from that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, it really, 
But so so trading has taught you a lot about yourself, like throughout your journey of learning to trade, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's and, dope. That's dope. Let me ask you this though: It's like so since you got all into trading the way you have, has it inspired like your other, uh, you know, your other coworkers in the barbershop? Have they like watching you do this and like how's that been? Um, well, I got like one of my friends. He uh, the the brother that cuts right next to me. Keith. He does. He he was doing crypto. He was trading crypto and stuff. But he's a he he a real good brother. But a lot of a lot of my folks they don't understand the um. The importance of the long-term investing, you know what I mean? So, like, like, yeah. even like all the young people want to do is trade. Just, I want to trade. I want to sports bet. Let me gamble. Like, it's like, nah, bro. You gotta, you gotta have a method to this. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I could take an L on some trade. I can take a few L's, but one thing ain't going to stop. I'm dollar cost averaging into my portfolio every single week, every yeah. month. Like, consistent i'm buying bitcoin every week like i gotta protect myself and so that that was one of the reasons why i wanted to to do this you know um a lot of a lot of people i know they come in the barbershop they they whenever the wave was when it was forex they was on that wave when it was crypto they on that wave when it was the loom <laughs> <laughs> so they just run whatever wave is popping at the Dogecoin, and i'm like nah man it ain't it like you gotta you gotta have some fundamentals here, and so, so, and it's the same thing in the Muslim community. Like, like you know, I I, I, I hate seeing our people just getting the, the short end of the stick with everything. Like, you know, it, it took us in, in in Atlantic City, it took us years to, to 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 get our building. You know, so now our master actually owns the building that 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 we were renting for years. We paid off the mortgage and. and you know, we actually own it outright. And, but you'll, you'll see these other communities, whether it's the Bengalis, the Pakistanis, the Egyptians, they come in, they set up, they set up a little Quran school, they do, they, they teach their children. And next thing you know, they go buy their own building. And then we got nothing. We didn't make nothing up. We made a couple of dollars here and there. So like, I've been telling my community, like, yo man, like we don't gotta have everybody in the community come here and give donations. We can invest as a community. You know what I mean? Or yeah. you can we we can set up? You can invest as as a as an organization, you know. And it's like in one year out the other because people don't. That's not their regular practice in their personal lives, and so mm -hmm. that that that's my thing now for 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 just for the community. Like, look, man, you if you want to, you actually want to affect some change here. You you have to make some money. Like, we ain't gonna do this with. A bunch of hopes and dreams and and just I mean prayers are definitely needed, but it can't just be that, you know. So um so let yeah, me ask you this, right? Because one of the things that you do, right? So so you know, you have your shop, you're trading, but you also, you know, care about the community. You you open your space up to do things like what we are gonna do this Sunday. Um yeah. is that something that you always envision when you got the shop or oh, yeah. something that yeah, you started yeah, you always envision as a Community space, absolutely. Even even when we um when 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 we first opened, that's I mean I've I've hosted plenty of things. Like I've I've got two floors in my barbershop. So I mean, well, we we started off with two floors. Now the upstairs is is a salon. But I mean, we've we've always hosted things. I actually have one of my friends. Um, you might see him on my post all the time. His name is uh 
on Facebook, it says uh, Quasi uh, Shelton, but his name is Quadir. He actually is, um, he, he, he has his own uh, personal finance um, firm. Like he's probably, he's probably going to end up being probably one of the biggest on black uh, finance firms. He's out of Houston now, but he's originally from Atlantic City. And he, I don't know, y'all remember this story when um, probably in, what was this, 2007 or six, and the brother that was, he was, he was staying in front of the Def Jam building every day trying to get Jay-Z to sign him. You remember that story? <laughs> I vaguely do remember that, yeah. Well, this is him. This is where he ended up at. And and I'm so proud of him, bro. Like he he was outside of the dev. He's a great, phenomenal rapper, bro. Like phenomenal. Yeah. He's one of the like probably one of the best ever come out of Lang City. And um, but he stayed outside the Dev Jam building every day trying to get Jay-Z to sign him. And then, you know, his career, you know, he he put out some some dope music, but he ended up in the financial field. And um, well, so what I was bringing him up for is because he dropped an album. He did he did like a, a return album probably two years ago, three years ago. And I was able to host his his listening party for his album. So like whether it was that or I've I've had um like I said, financial programs mm-hmm. for the community. I've had um mixers. We we've we've done I mean I'm open for everything. If you somebody wanted to do a baby shower or something like yeah, so it's, it's almost it's like a, it's almost like a, an event space as well as a barbershop. Yeah, and it, and it's nice, and that, that's that's the thing. Like we we've done, we've hosted the fight. It, it, it's a shot. It, it, it's a good thing just to have. So you know, just to give back. You know what I mean? And, and, and community. Yeah. Community. Yeah, that's important. Nah, I, I'm always shocked that like you know because some other barbers do that as well, but some don't. Some like no, yeah. that's not what we do. Like you know, so yeah. Yeah. but that, that that's that's interesting. Like and congratulations on that, and keep up, do, keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Sense. First of all, nothing I do want to do real quick is I want to shout out everybody in Atlantic City because I actually lived in Atlantic City for a minute, um, right off of Monroe Avenue. But that's either here or there. Yeah. Core. Um, you got any questions for the brother? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do. I have a couple questions. Um, one. Um, you know, on during your journey, uh, who was the person besides yourself that had the most uh, confidence in you? Hey, confidence in me. Yeah. Um. Like that 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 helped you to to, to kick. Man, he named about four or five people that helped him along the oh, way yeah, already. Yeah, I know. Yeah, of course. The the the, the brother Daryl Scott and um, I want to say is is another brother named uh, Mikhail Abdullah. He he was um, he was a brother that actually gave me shahada. He taught me how to how to um how to cut hair. Just, I mean, this brother taught me how to tie a tie, bro. Like, I did everything in the shop. I mean, when I went to the prom, I had to, I put my suit on and walked over to the shop. And he he fixed my cummerbund and all, like, he, you know, so, so if it wasn't for that, like, you know, the barbershop literally raised me. And so mm-hmm. we've been able to do that for, for other, other youth in, in the community. Yeah. Not, not just young men even, like, young men and women that actually grew up in the barbershop under us. So, you know, that's that, that, that's yeah, and then to the, the 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 sense of community, where did that come from, or was it just because so many people poured into you, you wanted to do the same for other yeah, people? Definitely, because people poured into me. You know what I mean? And I, I really, um, bro, like I appreciate all that because because the, the kind of kid I was, like I was always in the middle. Like I got nerve friends and I got hood friends, and so my hood friends are super duper hood, like. 
you know, I got one of my best friends, we got three licenses. And then my other friends, straight church nerds. And, you know, so yeah, I always was kind of right in the middle. Like I could go either, either side. And I just never got in any trouble because I was in a barbershop. Like I just ain't had time for that. Like it, it was, it was times, I remember one time, I think it came to the shop looking for me over something that somebody else did. I ain't really had nothing to do with. And they, you know, and that could have went way left. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't gotten myself in some real like sticky situations. And because of the shop, like you just like, ah, let him go. Like he ain't, he ain't really got anything to do with that. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, it's definitely, you know, not not just on a positive side too. Like I grew up in a shop where there was a lot of drug addicts. Like, so I always looked at that and I said, I'm not touching, like, I don't do nothing. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, I don't hit no weed, I don't do nothing. And I never did, like, even before I was Muslim, like, I never, I never messed with none of that stuff, only because I saw the effects of it on other people, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of where that came from. And I don't judge nobody to do it. It's just when I look, like, have, being in a shop gave me, like, the good and the bad of everything. I mean, so the only thing I didn't listen to like, when, when they told me not to have kids, like, and I, 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 <laughs> I remember my brother told me, that, yeah, don't do this. And I said, bro, I, she already pregnant. He said, man, you're going to end up in child support. I said, sure enough, that's exactly the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids, but that, you know, I, I should have listened, man. Now, let me ask you this question. Along this journey, right? What is the uh, the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome to get you from where you started to where you are now? It's, it's always the ego, you know. It's always my ego. Bro. Like it ain't never, it ain't nobody else. It ain't no money. It's any 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 mistakes I've made in business because of stuff I was stubborn about, or any money I fucked up is because I was being stubborn. It's always it always comes back to yourself. So. It's always what, what, what helps you with that? What helps you battle that? Like, you know, as you deal with that? Nah, just um just being humble. Like anytime I messed up, I asked. Like you you see, I don't mind. I, I hit one of y'all or or Leslie or whoever, like, yo, I need help with this. And mm-hmm. it's the same way I am in the group. So we're but I, just being transparent, like um, I just learned to be I'm like that in, in, in my relationships, I'm like that with my children. Like I don't I try to be is is honest and transparent as parents. I don't want to give all my information up all the time, but just being straight up, you know. So yeah, but let me ask you that though. Where does that come from? Because I know, like, you know, we all grew up in similar communities, and a lot of times we're taught not to even ask for help. Like, you know, what I mean, you got to figure it out yourself. But you're able to humble yourself, say, "Yo, I messed up. Where did I mess up?" Like that comes from somewhere. Like, <clears throat> what what allowed you? Or what gave you the ability to open up that way and be humble and admit when you need help or something? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it. I've always been straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did. I got a divorce about my ex. One of my exes, she fucked me up, bro. Like so. When um when I went through that divorce, I had to go to therapy for it. Okay. And so I, I I went to therapy, and um, of all people, I had a white woman therapist. It was the best mm-hmm. therapist ever. And, but she kind of like, you know, they tell you like, and I always thought I was pretty direct before then, but they, they, she had me hone in on, on those things. Like, 
just okay. being straightforward, being honest. And so now I don't go through that like in my current relationships enough. So like it's you know, and it, it, sometimes it might rub people the, the wrong way. Like it's always a it's always an argument in a barbershop about whether like I don't know if y'all saw that video, but like whether or not I'm arrogant or I I know everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think so, but like some people they get turned off by directness, you know what I mean? But I'm not apologizing for that. Like I've, I, I, I've, I've been that way since I was a kid, but I've learned as an adult how to, um, how to be considerate of how I come off to other people, but I'm not going to change me either. So, so it's kind of like a, like a tricky thing. I just don't respect people that, that ache, you know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. that fake or people that are, I don't respect manipulative people. Um, I don't, I just don't respect liars. I understand, um, I ain't trying to get too deep here, but like sometimes there is a necessity to lie based on whatever the circumstances, like there's an actual ID for the prophet where he said that um, if you're trying to um, piece something up between two friends, basically, in that case, you shouldn't lie. Like, it, you know, in that regard, cool, but people that just lie and, and live off of women and women that live off men, I don't respect none of that shit, bro. Like, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I don't like people that, that, that hold, not the, not the person, but I don't like to see people that hold in their true feelings. Like, I would rather just come out and say it, you know, and that's just always who I've been. And like that's I said, fine. therapy has helped me fine tune that a little bit, you know? Oh, that's dope. Well, that's dope. So you actually have someone help you with that. Now, now to answer this question, <clears throat> what is your favorite book or a book that's inspired you along this journey? Um, uh, of course, the Quran. Mm-hmm. It's the most important book, um, the Quran. And there's another book. Uh, um, I mean, it's not religious book. The um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my. Yo, that book is <laughs> that book yeah. is fire. Yeah, that's, that's a fire, fire book. Yep. Yeah, I tell anybody to read that. Okay. All right. Now, let me ask you this question, right? We talked about where you started. We talked about your journey. We talked about, you know, you're getting into trading. Um, talked about how good you are trading. Uh, what's the future hold for you? <laughs> listen, bro. I, I, listen, you're better than you give yourself credit for it, man. Like, you know, you're able, put it like this. A lot of people, I know people that have been trading for a while that still can't find their own trades, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, but we could get into that another time. But let me ask you this question. Though. What does the future look like for you? Um, what are some of the things you're looking to do in the future, um, you know, as it pertains to the community, the shop, trading, whatever it may be? What's your future look like? Well, I'm trying to get as paid as y'all niggas one day. That's I'm the, broke, that's, baby. I nah, y'all paid. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get paid and free like y'all. Um, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get from behind the chair. Um, not totally, but, you know, partially, not as much as I am. And um, I, I I want to I want to get my daughter married. Um, I want to uh, I definitely want to help uh, the community in, in this in the local community um, get mm-hmm. to a place where you know they're more financially free, and um, specifically the, the the black people in general, black people mm-hmm. and specifically black Muslims. I want to get to a just a higher understanding of what we believe, what we do, where we put our money at, where we spread our interests in, like that, that's my goal. So that that's okay. 
in the future, I just see myself just, I'm always going to be in the hair industry in, in, in some capacity, but I just want to scale back and I want to be trading. I, well not, I, I don't want to say, I use trading loosely. I don't literally mean trading. I want to be living off my 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 financial decisions. <laughs> you know, that's, that's investment. My, that's my yeah. investments. You know? Okay. I mean, that's dope stuff, man. Listen, um, you know, I do have to say is that this Sunday, right? So this Sunday at CJ shop, Corey and I will be in the building, um, live in the flesh, giving a presentation, the financial presentation is completely free. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and we want to make sure that we, you know, pour into folks and answer questions and help people get set up. So, you know, um, we can just help our people. Like CJ said, like, you know, we're kind of on the same wavelength. Um, this is our brother. So we just going to pull up and, and do what we got to do. Um, you know, so I just want to say thank you first and foremost for being a member of our community and like, you know, um, helping us out, like, you know, with what you do in terms of being transparent. Um, Man, thank you, you for that, that. This is way cooler than a Bacchus. He's sending shots. I ain't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no. Let me tell you. Hold up. Real, real shit. I was talking uh -oh. to court yesterday, right? And you know how hurt I was over that shit, bro? Like, and I ain't trying to send those shots, but because I loved it. Like, when I tell you I was pro, like, oh, a buck is a buck. Like, I was I was drinking a Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Yeah, Real shit. Yeah. And when it kind of just went the way it went, I was kind of like, damn, what are we going to do now? You know what I mean? Like, and then so then, he's like, yo, man, these brothers got this thing. And yo, this is, this is. it's not a like me comparing it, but this is more aligned with what I like to do. You know what I mean? And I, it, it sounded corny when you keep saying, oh, the community, community, but that's really like what I like to do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I really like doing community work. It's, it's, it's spaces for people like us that like yeah. to really do, I mean, and, and like that's to thing, really right? be in the community. <laughs> yeah. And that's no shot at anybody, but like we consider ourselves a community organization, right? So, you know, mm -hmm. we do we do our podcast, um, we do, but Corey and I are literally in the streets like every day, um, you know, whether it's educating or actually doing the stuff we talk about with the real estate. Um, mm -hmm. This Saturday, the Saturday before we come out to you, we're doing an event for high school kids in Philadelphia, right? Nice town. And then Sunday mm -hmm. we write in Pleasantville. So like, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, but listen, we appreciate everybody that, that helps us build this because brothers like yep. yourself, Leslie jazz, mm -hmm. like we appreciate all you because um, you guys have kind of like helped us like see our vision through because we all learn and, and share with each other. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I could jump in Leslie's inbox or your inbox. Hey, what y'all think about this? Like, you know, we got our various groups. Um, mm -hmm. Even what we did with the NDC, with the discord, like I can, I have people that I could pick up the phone any time of day and send a message and I'll get a response back from someone that looks like me that's actually mm -hmm. doing it. And I think that's very powerful. So, you know, the more folks that we put in and help people get free and, there is like power in community. There's power in relationships, and that's what people don't understand. Yeah, the, the power in re relationships pay the best dividends. No, there's no financial in instrument that will pay you the dividends that, that relationships will pay. Absolutely, because if you had the right relationships, you never have to have money. You never have to have <laughs> if you, <laughs> man, listen, some so of the most powerful you, people I know in this city don't have money, but they can pick yeah, up their yeah, phone yeah. and get anything. They can get food, shelter, clothing, guns. Like butter, mm -hmm. like like literally, like whatever they yeah, want, literally they pick up the phone and get it done. But that comes from like you know um, building relationships, man. So uh, you know, I just want to say thank you for being a part of that. Other thing I got to mm -hmm. say before we get out of here too is that um, so Corey and I do our free camp um in the summer, as everyone knows, and it starts for kids ages five and up. 
Uh, we teach mm -hmm. kids the fundamentals of investing, um, crypto, real estate, the stock market, the whole nine. And this year, we're looking to make it bigger and better. We have like, um, you know, companies and sponsorships that are working with us. So on June, was it, Corey? June 18th. June 18th. We're having a black tie gala, right? Um, oh, oh. And it's going to be amazing. Everything that comes from uh, that gala goes to the kids. Corey and I, this is not for us. Um, this is literally for the people, right? For the babies. And so I want to make sure I'm going to put a link to a video that you can see about it um, right within the description. I'm also going to put all CJ's links um, so you can, you know, check out, you know, his Instagram, which goes crazy because you see a, yeah, a, a bunch of beautiful ladies getting their hair cut and then you see like 600% trades he makes. Um, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? so you got to make sure you guys follow up on IG. His IG is amazing. But this this black tie event, though, um, we got a DJ, DJ Active. And DJ Active is like, you know, um, that guy, for those who don't know, is being catered. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but you got it, you know, we, we got, you know what I mean? You got to throw your little, you know what I mean? It's black tie though. So, get, but this I'm, is I'm my Timberlake. Get my Timberlake on. <laughs> but this is all, this is all for the youth. Um, and I can't believe back this summer, but, um, CJ, I uh, just want to say before we get out of here, brother, like we really, we literally appreciate you, man. We can't wait to, uh, you know, kick it with you on Sunday, um, and put on for the people, man, but continue to do the work that you're doing even outside of this, man, provide the jobs. Um, helping people and just being a good brother, man. We want to say we appreciate you. No, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Bro. So I'm going to again. I'm going to put all CJ's links within the description. Um, hey, for yeah, everybody bro, that bro, 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 my YouTube link in there, man. That, you that, said your OnlyFans what? The only yeah, that's coming. The only, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm about thirty five pounds down. So yeah, forty. It's coming, man. You know, you know, somebody hit me on Instagram, right? And I don't be trying to be crazy, right? But but the lady hit me on Instagram and told me I should start posting in the um in the in the big dudes uh hashtags, right? So, and I was like, damn, should I like <laughs> I, I thought about it, but I just can't bring myself doing it, you know what I'm saying? They be coming to me like that. I'll be like, nah, I can't. Y'all, if the women do it for me, then I do it. So if they ask for the OnlyFans, it, it, they get it. You know what I'm <laughs> All right. So listen, with that being said, we're gonna make sure we put whatever. Listen, whatever link that CJ Pauls wants you to put down uh, there, you, we'll you, put down there. You, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it may be. If, if, by time, if by the time this comes out, he got the OnlyFans popping, we'll post that too. <laughs> but listen, though, for our audience out there, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Gate elevates, mm -hmm. and we'll see y'all on our next episode. We appreciate y'all. Peace. All right, thanks, bro.